Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. This is the Bills Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bills Wire editor, Nick Wotan. Dawson knocks on the receiving end. And Buffalo builds on its lead with two and a half to play in regulation. Welcome to the show. We're one step closer to the NFL playoffs. Just two games left in the regular season. And the Bills are all of a sudden back in the national media's good graces. Right, Nick? Funny how that works. Funny how things can change from week to week. That's right, Ryan. They're gonna we're gonna shove it right in your face. Uh, yeah, Go man. Bills. Please Go do. Bills. Please do. Yeah, for those that don't listen every week, I am I am from New Hampshire. I'm a Patriots fan, or at least I grew up a Patriots fan. Maybe I'm a Bills fan now. Who knows? Maybe I'll jump ship, Nick. Uh, you know, big, Tom big Brady's Josh in Tampa Allen Bay. Guy. Yeah, I'm a big Josh Allen guy. <laughs> uh, you know, let us be the first to wish you, the listener, a healthy and happy new year. Just a quick shout out that you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Bills Wire. You should be able to find us. And you can hit subscribe and leave us a review. We appreciate that. Let's start with the obvious, Nick. I think the Bills proved that they're still better than the Patriots, right? And it felt like... It did feel like there was a, like, a legitimate sigh of relief from the Bills and their fans, the Bills Mafia, after this 33-21 win in Foxborough. But were the Bills really ever second best in this division, in this rivalry? Or did they just have a poorly timed cold streak while the Pats got hot and then lost at home to the Patriots in a freaking tornado in a game that was kind of an anomaly, right? Like, were the Bills really ever second best? I think after watching this game play out in Foxborough, that's a legitimate question that we could have. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point there, Ryan. And uh, I mean, the Bills ever second best? I don't think so. But I think the Bills have to also take a little bit of, I don't know, with the coffee here or whatever you want to say, uh, that the Patriots are a lot closer still than uh, maybe they thought. And they I don't closed think the, Bills... the gap way faster than I thought they would. Yes, they've closed the gap. Yeah, you got to at least give the Patriots definitely credit for, you know, I mean, they, they nobody expected the Bills to – to not be in first place at any point this year. Um, and then, uh, you know, now it's coming down to a shout out to Miami Dolphins because that week one, uh, I've been loving, I never forget a bet I actually win, Ryan. They're so, uh, they're so infrequent that I remember betting on the Dolphins opening day. And that's the difference now in the AFC East. You know, the Bills, they, they got the tiebreaker now and it's, it's up to them. But yeah, I mean, uh, were the Bills ever second best? It's a, that's a good question. I don't think so. And uh, I think Josh Allen showed that uh, he's pretty good when he's going against the defense and not, I don't know, a tornado. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that kind of helped out a little bit because this was very much a Josh Allen, you know, uh, put the team on his back and then let's go. Um, kind of, uh, it kind of both games mirrored each other in one way where 33 to 21, the game almost didn't even feel that close, even though it, it kind of was a one score game, though. The Bills did pull that one out. Got a touchdown late at the end to kind of close the door on the Patriots. The last game, 14-10, to 10, that one, four points. It didn't even feel that close. <laughs> like the Patriots were way in front the whole the whole time. Flip, flip to this game, and it felt like the Bills were in front a lot the whole time. But, you know, it's a little bit closer than some people thought. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Bills certainly flex that. Uh, if it's not, uh, not a tornado, they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's a good way to put it. I thought in that first game, you forget that the Bills – if they could just find a way to score that first game, you know, in that second half, they had a couple of long drives that just stalled out in the in the red zone. They easily could have won that first game. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was it's, it's a good way to put it. The Patriots have closed the gap significantly. It was a it was a very large gap going into the offseason. It's a much shorter gap now, but it is still the Bills 
They have the better roster. You have to remember that. And they have the elite quarterback, which eventually folks outside of Buffalo will appreciate. And maybe Bill Belichick will finally appreciate that the Bills have an elite quarterback, uh, Nick, because I think Mac Jones versus Josh Allen right now is uh, an epic mismatch. And it was the difference in this game, right? Normal weather, normal football featuring the forward pass. I think it's advantage Bills right now. And, and I think Josh Allen, you know, he deserves to, you know, to talk it up as he's going through the tunnel and to do, you know, do whatever he wants to do. Do whatever, do the dance, do that whole song and dance because, you know, Josh Allen, he, uh, he proved it on Sunday. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, the Bills, and I, and I don't want to give them too much credit because, uh, you know, the Patriots haven't really been pushing the ball down the field uh, all that much with Mac Jones this season, maybe at times, but it seemed like they certainly did not have any any desire to do so against, you know, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer and the, the Bills secondary, their safety duo there. And even without Tredavious White, I mean, the, the Patriots really, they weren't able to pick on Dane Jackson. The Bills, I know, tweaked things a little bit against the run. You had A.J. Klein available. He tested positive for COVID right before the last game. So he's that kind of third base linebacker. If the Bills actually play a 4-3, they usually play nickel defense. But against Damian Harris, you probably want to play with that base defense. And the Bills did do a bit of that. They brought uh, Saran Neal in a little bit for Dane Jackson to kind of counteract Damian Harris. Of course, this is a lot of paper-covering cracks. The Bills still didn't do great against the the Patriots' rushing attack, but um, the dynamic offense that Josh Allen was able to provide with uh, with not the tornado again <laughs> it was uh, it was it made it an uphill climb for the Patriots the entire day. Just like again, it seemed like the wind made it an uphill climb for the Bills the entire way last time around. And it's it's just kind of interesting and crazy at how how both of these games were, it seems like it was one team to lose the entire way. And, you know, for the Bills, it, it, it definitely comes down to Josh Allen versus Mac Jones. And Josh Allen is light, light years ahead of Mac Jones right now. But, you know, that's not – I'm not one here to, 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 to just knock Mac Jones and say, you know, hey, Bills Mafia, yeah, we're going we're gonna to rub it in your, your nose. No, the guy's still a rookie. Come on, guys. Let's forget that Josh Allen was pretty brutal as a rookie as well. Completed about 50% of his passes. And he certainly improved. So I don't want to – I don't want to start fueling the fire that is Mac Jones. I don't know what that he, he's a he's a top class world athlete that made it to the NFL. We don't need to add any fuel to his fire. He knows how to motivate himself, and he can certainly come back in the next couple of years and and close the gap a little bit as the Patriots did, uh, as you mentioned, Ryan. It's a as an entire team, but right now it's uh it's a Josh Allen's division to lose, and he's he's got a stranglehold on that because uh you know I didn't see. I didn't see too much from Tua last night and Monday Night Football. And then, uh, you know, Zach Wilson can run the ball pretty pretty good. He had, <laughs> he had like 100 yards rushing. And then yeah. I, I even, as I mentioned, I bet on that game. And I even looked back at the box score. And I was like, man, this guy had like 101 yards passing. That's brutal. But it's like, I don't care. I won my bet. But I was like, man, this, that, that, they got a long way to go, these young guys. But, uh, yeah, again, Josh Allen's division to uh, to lose in terms of best quarterback uh, in the AFC East. Yeah, and sometimes it's that simple. Be- best quarterback equals best team sometimes, and I think I think that's the case right now. And the Bills, yeah, you want to say they had a, an aggressive mindset. I would agree with that to some extent, but I wouldn't say that Josh Allen was overly aggressive throwing the football. And here's what I mean by that. Belichick's defenses often give you the check down, and, and they wait you out. And if you're an MVP-level quarterback like Allen – who uh, you want to be the guy, you know, and you want to put the team on your shoulders. Well, Belichick is going to give you the checkdowns, and eventually you will get tired of dumping it off, and you're going to try to make a play into the teeth of the defense. And then he wants the Patriots to take advantage of those opportunities. And when you look at this game, the Bills didn't punt. First team with zero punts against a Bill Belichick coach team, <laughs> and that's something. Uh, you know, the Bills didn't punt. And here are their drives, the, the Bills' drive chart for that entire game, Nick, right? 13 plays touchdown, 10 plays field goal, 
Seven plays, turnover on downs. Seven plays, touchdown. That was the first half. Second half, 14 plays, field goal. Nine plays, touchdown. 13 plays, touchdown. They had 36 plays in the second half and only three drives, and they didn't punt the entire game. So every drive went for at least seven plays, which is an illustration of what the Bills did, right? They took what the Patriots were giving them, whether it was checking it down to Devin Singletary who had five catches, whether it was just letting Isaiah McKenzie roast Miles Bryant or whatever mismatch he was creating, uh, whether it was Allen kind of running an RPO and making funky passes, underhand, flip it, whatever. You know what I mean? Like all those plays we saw or letting him run the ball himself. 12 carries for Josh Allen. It really was a methodical, smart, conservative kind of attack for the Bills, and it worked. They, the Patriots want to dare you to do those long scoring drives. The Bills did it time after time after time, and they won the uh, they won the ball game doing that. I thought, I thought we titled the podcast last week about it. it was Sean McDermott's turn to respond to Belichick after he got pantsed in that first one, and I and I think McDermott did. I think the Bills they said, you know what, if the Patriots want to give us the, they don't think we can complete passes they don't think we can sustain these long drives i think the bills proved that they could i thought it was an excellent game plan by mcdermott and then obviously excellent execution by josh allen it is not easy to go on 10 play drives you know time after time after time and score and not have any mistakes any negative plays allen wasn't sacked there wasn't even like the patriots had one tackle for loss in the whole game nick so it was almost like no negative play it was just it was just kind of brilliant the way the bills just methodically moved the ball down the field I wouldn't call it aggressive. I would call it methodical, but it was it was really, really cool to see how that played out. Yeah, and Allen certainly took his chances, I thought, when they did maybe throw something intermediate in there, something when they did press the press the issue a little bit downfield. The, the one that comes to mind is Stephon Diggs' touchdown pass where he had some nice things to say to, to a couple Patriots fans after. <laughs> that was good. But that was a that was a nice nice play right up the seam. I think it was like fifteen yards out or so. I mean, that's a nice intermediate range pass at the Bills were able to connect on, but yeah, you said the two names there, Ryan, that really come to mind in terms of the Bills' game plan. Um, Devin Singletary. Look at the box score. Do not go to the rushing stats because he had maybe like 30, 40 yards of rushing, you know? But him in the passing game, really effective, and it's kind of, you know, the Bills are coming together as a two-dimensional offense kind of at the right time with Devin Singletary getting involved, and uh, Isaiah McKenzie really showed that, uh, you know, I know... (laughs) How do I how do I tiptoe this one? <laughs> I know where you're going tip, with this. <laughs> Go how do ahead. I tiptoe this one with Cole Beasley? But yeah, uh, we don't need him. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, not that you know Cole isn't isn't a good player, but it, it did kind of look like maybe Isaiah McKenzie, six seven years younger. I mean, I'm not here to call Cole Beasley an old man, but I'm going to call him an old man because we're about the same age. Um, <laughs> I, I certainly can't move like I used to anymore. And you kind of saw, you know, Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, Six, seven years younger, I mean, he got open, 11 catches, 125 yards, a touchdown. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie looked good, and that's he's a, he's a slot wide receiver, and that totally showed, you know, exactly what the Bills wanted to do, to your point, Ryan, where they weren't kind of pushing the envelope. It wasn't – it wasn't – they weren't pushing it way downfield. Josh Allen was methodical, I'll give him that, uh, in terms of taking a couple of shots that he did take. But, uh, yeah, Isaiah McKenzie, Devin Singletary, you look at those two names, look at their box score in the receiving area. And that's how the Bills, you know, that those two guys equaled, you know, six of twelve or seven and twelve of on third down, whatever the Bills were. Um, those those drives, those long drives. That's that's why it was those two guys right there. Yeah, it was excellent. And the Patriots, they really don't have a good corner outside of J.C. Jackson. Now, now that Jonathan Jones is on injured reserve, I mean, 
it's J.C. Jackson, and he has to line up against Stephon Diggs as much as possible, and it just opened up things for guys like Isaiah McKenzie to to ball out. It was it was interesting the way that played out. I thought it was a brilliant game by Josh Allen, good game plan for Sean McDermott, huge response by the Bills. They had to win this game. Now they have everything kind of in their grasp, right? Nick, control their own destiny to win the AFC East. We'll keep picking away at this uh, this matchup, this result, and where the Bills are heading next in our questions of the week. Stick with us. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. interesting. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for the Fantasy Football Championship Week, number 17. Quarterback Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks versus Detroit Lions. Wide receivers DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are back in business. And tight end Gerald Everett has been on the upswing in recent weeks. Running back Rashad Penny has managed to resurrect his early career hype in a span of three games. And through all of that, Wilson still hasn't been a fantasy factor since returning from surgery. That should change versus a Detroit defense that has given up six performances of at least 21 fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. While the Lions may be improved against the pass, there's just too much to contain, and Russia get back to cooking at home. He's good for 250 and 2 at minimum. Running back Devin Singletary, Buffalo Bills versus Atlanta Falcons. In the last three weeks, Singletary is RB5 overall in PPR scoring. I bet you didn't have that on your fantasy football bingo card for December. Atlanta has struggled to contain the position in 2021, and Singletary's upswing has come at a perfect time to trust them as an RB2 in reception-rewarding formats. Running backs have averaged 21 PPR points per game against this defense in the last five weeks, and the season-long look at that number is 25.6, or 11% higher than the league average. Amon Ra, St. Brown, Detroit Lions at Seattle Seahawks. In a year full of big-name rookie receivers, St. Brown's 74 receptions trails only Jalen Waddle's 96. Last Sunday, nine catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown came with Tim Boyle under center, showing he can deliver regardless of the quarterback. Jared Goff is due back this week after being activated from the COVID protocols. Seattle has permitted 15 receivers to catch at least five passes in 2021. In the last five weeks, only Cooper Cup has more catches, and just Cup and Justin Jefferson have more targets than this rookie. Even if Seattle manages to keep him out of the end zone, St. Brown has had enough volume go his way to suggest that he can overcome it. Tight end Foster Moreau, Las Vegas Raiders at Indianapolis Colts. Moreau once again will be the primary tight end if Darren Waller cannot play through a knee injury. India has given up top three numbers for yardage and receptions in the last five weeks, and Moreau has been trending in the right direction with 10 plus PPR points in consecutive games after being mostly quiet during Waller's absence. While trusting Moreau is risky, the Colts offer an amazing opportunity in PPR scoring. Best of luck in your championship quest. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, it's time for our questions of the week. Three questions for Nick. He was not prepped on these. And here's question number one for you, Nick. What should be the Bills' top New Year's resolution for 2022? Oh, man, that's a good one, Ryan. Uh, but I'm going to go. Uh, you're going to get your – I think you T-balled this. I feel like you might have had this Always. in a different order. But based off our just off-air question conversation, I think their New Year's resolution should be uh, – Sorry about uh, not involving you, Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie, but uh, can you guys come and play now? I mean, both those guys took a back seat at, 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 to a certain extent 
this year, if you will, Ryan. Um, last year we had uh, Gabe Davis come in for John Brown. John Brown, kind of the same thing. It just seemed like he was getting banged up a little bit, not the guy he used to be. Don't want to say Mandy Sanders is not a good player, but uh, he doesn't seem to be like the guy he was in the beginning of the year. He did only just get a knee injury a week or two ago, playing through it a little bit, but Manny Sanders has a – man, that was a tough, tough drop in the end zone there. I think it was fourth down, like we said there, Ryan. And I think my Bill's New Year's resolution should be, uh, you know, hey, hey Gabe, hey, Isaiah, can you, can, you come, can you come play a little bit more down this stretch run here and get in the playoffs? Because uh, it seemed like Isaiah McKenzie had, had a beautiful quick step to kind of get away from some man coverage that maybe Cole Beasley – Maybe lost a half of a step or two there, um, and and I, I'm no expert, but uh, my eye test tells me that Gabe Davis is pretty freaking good with like 30% of the snaps that he was getting in the beginning of the year, still having all these touchdown catches, and when he finally gets out there, of course he he is his own COVID issues himself. Uh, he needs to he needs to get out there, and I think he's going to be out there next game. Uh, he uh, he got put in the same window as Cole Beasley, so both those guys should be back. But yeah, New Year's resolution for the Bills. Hey, young guns, uh, you ready? That's that, that's my New Year's resolution for the Bills. That's a good one. That's a good one. Like, yeah, does it need to be Stephon Diggs, Manny Sanders, and Cole Beasley? Do, do those have to be the big three? Or could it be Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Isaiah McKenzie, right? Like, maybe maybe the latter. They, they yeah, did yeah, look good. Yeah. They look good. They look good. We didn't see Gabe Davis, obviously, in this game, but he's definitely been flashing this year. That, that's a good answer, Nick. Actually, I didn't think you were going that way. I mean, that's a good one for this year in the in this playoff run. Let's see more Isaiah McKenzie. Let's see more Gabe Davis. I really like that. I was looking ahead a little bit to the offseason. Let's fix the run game, right? I'm either drafting Fair a running enough. back yep. or going after one hard in free agency, and I'm adding to the offensive line. We'd like to see a uh, legit one-two punch with Devin Singletary and not whatever the hell the Bills are doing with Zach Moss because I can't tell what they're doing. Yeah, for me, for me, I might go to the, off to the offensive line first and then go with somebody. Yep. In the backfield, I mean, both should be addressed. But, I mean, their offensive line did play pretty well this game. According to the Athletic, uh, Josh Allen had 3.1 seconds to work per drop back, which is like the largest margin he's had all season. Uh, surprisingly, he came against the Patriots. Maybe Mac Judon, no, tested, he tested positive for COVID, I believe. Um, yeah, but so good, maybe... good news is uh, the Pats are playing the Jaguars this week, so we don't have to worry yes. about Matt Judon. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But uh, maybe that was the reason why he wasn't as effective this time around. Whatever it was, True. the Bills' offensive line did play pretty well against the Patriots, but they need to be better overall. I mean, one game is not it's not it. They need to, that needs to be addressed. Yeah, and it's like I, I just wonder like how much did the Patriots try to pressure Allen? I think they really did the you know the get the f back kind of mentality and just dared Josh Allen to throw and just thought that he's not that good and would throw would be inaccurate. I, I really think that's what Bill Belichick thinks of Josh Allen. Someday he's going to smarten up, Nick. When's that going to happen? Maybe after this game. Maybe Bill Belichick will finally yeah, start respecting yeah. Josh Allen and actually send some pressure at him. Because uh, I think they were just like, ah, we're just going to play coverage. We're not going to worry about getting a ton of pressure. We're going to let Josh Allen throw, um, and we're going to take advantage. And uh, that did not end up working for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Okay, question number two. Pick one position here, Nick. I'm going to give you two positions. You tell me what the uh, the biggest priority should be for the Bills. You might have already answered this, uh, but Bills' biggest priority in the offseason should be A, offensive guard, or B, cornerback. Oh, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the offensive guard. I, I didn't mean to answer that accidentally uh, too quickly there. <laughs> it's all good. But, um, Poor planning yeah, I mean, by my part. No, no, it happens. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the interior of their line is, is kind of left something to be desired for a while. I mean, you, you have uh, a guy that's not – he's an offensive lineman, so I'm not going to say he's the most polarizing player, but Mitch Morris at center, he's kind of 
for me, always been a little bit overpaid. And when they signed him, I think he was the highest paid center in the league. Definitely number two for a while. Um, I think him even could be replaced. Definitely both guard positions. I mean, Cody Ford hasn't worked out. Feliciano's been in and out of the lineup this year. And even when he plays, I mean, he just seems like he's average, but because the play around him in comparison is so crappy, he looks pretty good. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, I guess uh, Deion Dawkins is great, too. And, uh, you know, we should really mention it, uh, how, how well he played. Because the Bills, I don't know if it's just offensive linemen or it's just players they do it in general, Ryan. They, um, they've had players that get injured. Uh, Feliciano was one of them. He had a calf injury a couple weeks back. Didn't start, but he was in the lineup. Last year, Mitch Morse injured um, concussion, I believe. Then he didn't start a game. Then he started again. At the end of the season, the Bills finally admitted that, oh, no, he, you know, we wanted to give him a little bit of time to get back out there and get ready, right? Well, the Bills, they wanted to do that with Deion Dawkins. He tested positive for COVID for the second time. Uh, he came back on Saturday. Ike Bucker goes down. Uh, his season's over now. Achilles injury. Deion Dawkins played pretty good and didn't I don't think he gave up a pressure at all the Bills didn't give up a sack at left tackle I mean they have some good pieces there at tackle Spencer Brown they like he definitely played better than he did last week Spencer Brown uh you know cool photo with the beer last week bro but (laughs) that was awesome it was a it was it was awesome but it was a brutal brutal some brutal play on the field I think he had like four (laughs) penalties or something in the game it was ugly on the field but I think they like the pieces they have at tackle but boy that interior of the line that that's that's definitely got to be better and I mean again to, to put the the bow on this one, Ryan, I mean, the run game, I mean, a lot of that involves the middle of the offensive line. Uh, you know, the edge guys, they got to be good against the, against those top pass rushers that NFL teams have now to offer. And, of course, they have to run block as well and be able to, to move and get out and stuff. But, uh, yeah, the Bills haven't had an elite guard. And, geez, I don't know, Richie Incognito, I mean, the guy was a little bit different. But he was certainly a freakish athlete in the job that he used to do in the trenches for the Bills. But since him, the Bills have been – uh yeah they've been looking they've been looking for uh some help they've been looking for some help there so that's that's the position i'm absolutely gonna pick yeah that that should be a pretty good uh a good position to target right around number 32 in the draft right you see what i did there nick number 32 i see that yeah, i so get it going who are they trading with who are they trading with <laughs> <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> very good uh yeah i think uh o-line in round one makes a ton of sense and but i do want to see them go corner as well early you know round two maybe and then round three or round four, let's take another stab at running back. That's kind of what I'm, what I'm hoping for for the Bills. But, yeah, O-line yeah, round will, one, that makes I, a lot of sense. I will certainly give it up to Levi Wallace the last couple of weeks. But, again, no offense to the Patriots. I mean, you know, Kendrick Bourne's been pretty good. You know, Jacoby Myers has been okay. It's like, they, you know, uh, what's going to happen when we start playing some elite wide receivers and we don't have Tredavious White? Yeah. <laughs> we, might get, we might see something a little bit different here in, uh, in a couple of weeks in the, once the postseason comes around because no offense to the Falcons. And, and Jets, but they don't exactly have – I don't know. Is Elijah Moore ever going to come back at the end of the year? He's pretty good, but then again, they have Zach Wilson. But now I'm just kind of spinning my tires on talking about the cornerbacks. But offensive guard, it still is. Sorry, Ryan. No, no problem. <laughs> and you uh, you just did a great segue into my third question, but you didn't answer it yet, so that's good. Even though you already answered my second question when we went into that. <laughs> so question number three, if the playoffs started this weekend, the Bills would be hosting the Colts. They'd be hosting the Colts in the wild card round, right? So – this just made me think, Nick, which potential first-round opponent scares you the most? Would it be the Colts or the Patriots, which there's also a high percentage out there that the Patriots and Bills could meet in this in these playoffs, potentially in the wild-card round, or some other team? Is it Colts, Patriots, or some, some other team? What, what scares you the most for the wild-card round? 
Well, at first it was maybe even the Chargers, but oh boy, what happened this past weekend there against the We Texans. would love the Chargers. That would be a great matchup for us. Yes. Yeah, let's take let's, that one. That's, uh, our, that's our most uh, – that's the one that least scares us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, th- I think for me it's got to be the Colts though. Um, I mean, they've got some pretty good pieces there on defense. Uh, so do the Patriots. But, I mean, the, the Colts kind of just have that – even though that they're going to be led no matter what by Jonathan Taylor, uh, as long as Carson Wentz is there – He's going to be able to make enough plays happen where their two-dimensional offense is going to be real tough to stop for the Bills, even if they keep on handing it off. I mean, you still got Pittman on the outside. You still got T.Y. Hill on the outside. With the Bills secondary is pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, the, with, with the thumping that they put on the Bills earlier this year, I mean, the Patriots did beat the Bills. There were some circumstances there in the first round, of course, you as think? we mentioned. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. It was the, man, that Colts team and, and, and uh, you know, the Patriots won a nice run. That's all nice and dandy. They're now on a two-game losing streak, uh, and the Colts are included in that. Yep. So, yeah, and the Colts are they're on a damn impressive run right now. I mean, I think I have the – I'm 99% sure I have them ahead of the Bills in my power rankings that I literally wrote up six hours ago, but now I completely forgot where I put them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I have them ahead of the Bills. I'm 99% sure because they're good. They're, what, seven out of the last eight? I mean, that's right where you want to be. Of course, they now you know are going to be fighting for – their playoff lives without Carson Wentz. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I was reading about that. It's like Sam Ellinger is going to start for them against. Uh, they have a tough matchup too. It's uh, who the hell they play? Oh, they're playing the Raiders, aren't they? They're playing the Raiders. I, yeah, because they were uh, about seven and a half point favorites, and now they're down to I think a point and a half. Which me immediately is like, I need COVID, to... man. It just changes I, I everything week to week. It's so wild how this happens. Uh, you know, the yeah. Saints had a great chance to make the playoffs in the NFC, and their whole team was on COVID, and they lose to the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just wild how much it it changes. But I agree with you, Nick. I think it is the Colts. If assuming they have their their quarterback and their whole team, uh, like you mentioned, they're red hot. They did beat the Patriots and the Cardinals in back to back weeks here, and they've just got the nastiest O line and the best running back in the league. Yeah, they're, they're a yeah. team that can that, literally keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. Right, they, they could literally do that game plan better than any other opponent that they could face. And yeah, it, that offensive line is just it's, it's something. It's yeah, it's a, it's a different breed, different breed. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a tough matchup. Um, you know, I think the Bills can beat any of these teams in the AFC, Colts included. I just think the Colts are a scary matchup, and I would rather host New England and the rookie quarterback than go up against that O line and Jonathan Taylor. That's kind of where I was going with that question, but it is kind of fun. According to ESPN's projections, I I wrote this down because I saw it flash on my TV. There is a forty nine percent chance of a Patriots Bills rematch in the wild card round. It's the most likely of all possible wild card matchups to occur for some reason. Ooh. So that is so. Just put that in. File that away, Nick. File that away. Could be that round is three. Gonna be, that is going to be on Bill's wire in a couple hours. Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. You that. I got to find that article. <laughs> look, it, look it up. I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to send you a link. Uh, perfect, but, perfect. But for now, we can't overlook the Falcons. The Bills are big favorites over this team. We'll, we'll tell you by how much, what's the latest odds, and we'll make a pick right after this. This is the Typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slipping Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.usaToday.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Monday Night Football game between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Our friends at Tipico Sportsbook have the Browns favored three and a half points and the total sitting at 40 and a half. My pick is the Steelers plus three and a half points. It's a pros versus Joes game with more money coming in on the Steelers, but more bets being placed on the Browns. Also, since 2011, the Steelers are 7-1-1 and against the spread when getting three points or more at home. Nate, how do you see this game playing out? I'll take the Steelers plus 3.5 as well. Baker Mayfield has thrown eight picks in his last five games and has just one game with over a 60% completion rate. I'll ride with the better quarterback in his last home. Home game. That was your Tipico Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Nick, the Bills are a 14-and-a-half-point favorite over the Atlanta Falcons. Buying or selling that the Bills can beat this bad Falcons team by more than two touchdowns. Oh, I mean, I don't know. It's a pretty big spread there. And uh, that, for me, that has the makings of something like a backdoor cover, you know? Where, Maybe, yeah. The Falcons know, the are terrible, but they're not good. Yeah, they're not terrible. And the thing is where I, I don't know, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here talking about our, our betting guidelines here, but... Uh, yeah, the, the Falcons, I don't know if they can get the backdoor cover. I feel like that might be a possibility just for the fact that the Falcons on the road are a better team than they are at home. They only just won their first game at home in the entire year. Actually, at home, I think the other one was a designated London home game. Just this past week, it was against the Lions. And trust me when I tell you, I almost lost the parlay because Russell Gage fumbled the ball very late. And <laughs> that sounds was, like something Russell Gage would do. Uh, yes, I had a few choice words for him on my telephone screen <laughs> when that happened, but they escaped with the win. And yeah, the, the Falcons on the road they kind of they they put they, they put up some effort. And I mean, they they are what a seven and eight team, right? So yep, a lot, all their wins basically come on the road, and they win close games. But I don't think it's going to be close. Two touchdowns, tough tough for me. But the Bills the Bills need to knuckle down and get it done in a game where they should get it done yeah i'm buying it um i'll, I'll give you a trend that can make you feel a little bit better about it nick um atlanta 0-5 against the spread as a touchdown or higher underdog this year so when they are big underdogs wow. like this, they, they lose so they just just you know put that one in your pipe you know what i'm saying so I, I I'm think... gonna I'm pulling up the app now. The pulling yeah. up the typical app now. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, <laughs> just launch it, man. Launch it. Multiple units. No. I mean I this one has Bills thirty four, Falcons fourteen or something like that written all over it. I, I just think you know, you mentioned, you know, teams like the Patriots not being able to challenge that Bills defense without Trey White. Like you just mentioned it. Like who the hell do the Falcons have an offense? Kyle Pitts and Russell Gage. Like there's not much else. You know, they yeah. they've they don't have a ton of weapons on offense. They don't scare me too much. And just like last week where, you know, I was really high on the Bills going into that game against the Patriots because just they couldn't lose twice to the Patriots in the same season. They just couldn't let that happen. Like the universe could not let that happen for the Bills, right? I mean, it's just there's no way. There's no way. And good for the Bills. They, like you said, knuckled down and, and got that done. They should do the same this week, right? There's no looking past the Falcons. They've got way more to play for. They're looking to carry this momentum from the win in Foxborough. They have control of the AFC, AFC East. They're not going to just give that back, right? The Patriots are playing the Jaguars, by the way. So it's like you, you're not going to give that momentum back. Uh, you've got everything in front of you. So, I mean, there's all these forces pulling at me that says Bill's blowout. 
So yeah, fourteen and a half. I think I got to buy it. Yeah, it's it's the the Falcons. Their biggest threats that they have, say to the Bills, are probably you're going to look at their tight ends for sure. You got Kyle Pitts. You got Hayden Hurst in there as well. Um, then on top of that as well, you got uh, Cordell Patterson in the back backfield. Uh, he he did pretty well earlier this year. He's kind of cooled off a bit, but both of those threats for me, Ryan way more in the air than on the ground. And the Bills actually did a pretty good job, even just last week against the Patriots and their tight ends, you know. Yep. Not not a ton of passing out of the backfield either. No. The Bills lock that aspect. Of, you know, I don't know if Cordell Patterson's going to turn into, you know, Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry all of a sudden. I, I would I would say no. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's – I mean, and that's their best route to try to beat the Bills. And I guess I don't see that happening. I see the Bills locking down their tight ends. I mean, Kyle Pitts will get his because he's just such a dynamic – uh, athlete. I, I mean, it's a completely different game than when uh, Tony Gonzalez was with the Falcons, but he already surpassed Tony, Tony Gonzalez's, uh, I think, uh, franchise single season marks already. So the guy, the offense is coming through that young gun and he's real good, but uh, Matt Milano on his own is, is pretty, pretty good as well. Uh, he's usually tasked with covering tight ends and yeah, you're convincing me now. You're convincing me now. It's a, you're ready to, it's, you're ready it's, to launch it. Let's go. I, I'm ready. I'm I'm ready. I'm maybe I'll wait until uh, some crazy people out there. And hopefully, I'll get it down to thirteen and a half. And then <laughs> I, I'm I'm always feeling more comfortable when it gets a little half a under little fourteen. Half sliver. Yeah, under yeah. fourteen. That's what you're looking for. Yeah, the half yeah. point is scary, right? Yeah. Once I get that little sliver of hope, I'm like, ah, they don't know what they're doing. Get it. And then that's when, of course, the Bills win by thirteen. But <laughs> that's a me problem, though. That's not a Bills fan problem. That's a me problem. Yeah, don't be scared of the Falcons, Nick. That's what I'll tell you. Don't be scared of the Falcons. Yeah, no, Cordell Patterson. I should have mentioned him. That's right. He's had a a breakout season. There's no doubt. They're using him as a running back and a wide receiver. He's been really, really yeah. good. Uh, but you know, the Patriots invented this version of Cordell Patterson. Patterson was with the Patriots as a kick returner, running back, and wide receiver. Yeah, it just didn't yeah. look this good. <laughs> it looked it was a different version of this Patterson. I just think, like, give me one player who had a breakout season that doesn't repeat it the next year. I think Patterson's my number one pick for that. I think he's it's a flash in the pan. I don't think he's going to do this next year, but uh, he's had a great season. Try not to worry too much about the Falcons, Nick. Okay, well, let's put it that way. Um, the total is 44.5. Just like last week, I would lean over again. I, I think, again, I think the Bills could be up in the 30s. They've been in the 30s the previous two weeks. They just scored 30 on a, on a good Patriots defense. And I do like the spread a little bit more than the total. The totals are always sketchy for me. I never bet totals right, to be honest with you, Nick. But I think it's um, it's hard to project how much scoring the Falcons will do in this one. But they do have some weapons. Matt Ryan is a competent quarterback. So I could see the Bills being in the 30s and the Falcons getting a couple scores. Like I said, you know, something like 34-14 is, is kind of what I see for this one. So give me the over. Give me the Bills and the over. What do you think about the total, though? is sitting right now at 44 and a half. I think that's an easy over for me. Uh, as you mentioned, the Bills, you know, they that's kind of their MO this season, right? They either don't put up points or they do in, you know, tenfold, where they don't just don't stop scoring. <laughs> yeah. With 33 points up last week against the Patriots, you should have no problem putting up at least that same amount against the Falcons. It, it just better not be a 9-6 to six loss like that Jaguars game, you know? Like, the, we're, that's behind us. And, um, you know, we're, oh, that's going to be the narrative all week. I can hear it in your voice. voice. You're worried about the Falcons a little bit, a little bit. You want that spread I, to drop a point. I, for me and my, my, my gambling problem of losing money <laughs> is, is yes, I'm scared of that point. But for the bills where if they win by one or they win by 21, it's the same means the same thing. I'm not worried at all. I think the bill, the bill should, should get this one. And we're going to hear the narrative all week from Sean McDermott, you know, can't overlook them. Uh, 
you know, I'll, I'll last week I'll go for not. And you know what? But it is all true. The Bills are going to know that, and they're going to knuckle down it. I think it's going to be a bad day to be a Falcons fan on Sunday. I agree. The Bills can't lose this game. Again, the Pats are playing the Jaguars. Just a reminder. You can't lose or else everything that you just accomplished. Hey, pretty good team down there, I thought, huh? <laughs> yeah, the Jags. <laughs> yeah, that should be fun. That should be fun. Uh, yeah, so so that's where we're at. Bills, they have their whole destiny in front of them. Will they take advantage? I think so. Hey, Nick, ha- happy New Year, my friend. I hope it's a good one for you. Have, hope you have a great weekend. Yes, yes. You too, Ryan. Enjoy the, uh, you know, I know you enjoyed the first Christmas with a little one and do the same thing on the New Year's for for all of us uh, Bills fans here because I know we're we're just feeling so bad for those Patriots fans. <laughs> Man, sure, they yeah. can't, they just can't have any fun, can they? We're really, we're really <laughs> down right now. We're really down. Two losses in a row, man. But yeah, no, I mean, I appreciate that my... My son is two two and a half months, and uh, I've never seen anybody get more Christmas presents than this kid got. And it wasn't from <laughs> us; like we didn't do it. It was all of our family and friends sending him stuff, and we had to open all the presents on Christmas. And it's like this is so much crap for a, a a human that doesn't even know he's a human yet. He has no idea what's going on. It's like, guys, why are you buying him? Wait until he's uh, wait till next year when he's one year old. Like you know, and then all you have to do is wrap an empty box because he's not going to know what's in the box, right? Just yeah. he'll just want to he'll just want to play with the the wrapping paper. So we got to tell these people, like, just send us money. Like, you don't have to send us gifts. Like, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. But it was fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That, that's great to hear. And, uh, I'm, you know, sorry for giving him that the L for, for Christmas as well <laughs> yeah, last Sunday. Yeah. But he so was I, had to get one more, I had to get one more in for Bill's fans there. Yeah, you probably saw my tweet with him wearing the Mac the Mac Jones 10 hat. I don't know if you oh, saw yeah. that. Yeah, that was pretty I did. That was I did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, all right. So, uh, happy new year. To all of our listeners, we appreciate you. Hit subscribe for us, and uh, we will catch you after Bills Falcons next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.